Blog Talk Radio. I stroll through the pictures What I've left behind You once again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memory in my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know Just what you've done Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the NASCA Stop Child Abuse Now and Blog Talk Radio Show. NASCA stands for the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. And my name is Kim Lakin. I am your host this evening, and we're so glad that you're here with us. Tonight, we are on scan number 3347 um, on the 2nd of January. Oh, my gosh, I'm not ready for that, but I guess we are heading into 2024, so we have to be ready or not. But um, we have a survivor professional scheduled this evening, and I'll wait to introduce them to see if it all comes together, but um, we have a single purpose at NASCA here, and that is to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violence or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect, and we do so with only two goals. One, by educating the public, especially as it's related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, also known as CSA, and presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. And two, by offering hope and healing through numerous paths and providing many services adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone who's interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. And you can find all that information on NASCA.org. So that's N-A-A-S-C-A.org. And there's just a bunch of information on there that you can find just about anything that you need. But again, we are on scan number 3347 this evening. And if you would like to be a part of our panel, we would love to have you come on and, and give us your opinion or maybe start another conversation with us. Please call in on the guest number, and that is 646-595-2118. And again, um, we would love to have you join us this evening. We are... Um, it, it doesn't look like our, our professional, our survivor professional is on yet, but we do have another regular caller that's always with us, and we're always happy to have you. Hey, Bella. Hello, <laughs> I just brought you on the air. 
Hello, everybody. How you doing tonight? Better than I used to be. How about you? More tired than you used to be? Better than I used to be. Oh, better. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What's going on in in your world? Anything that you want to share? I'm doing my step work in the AA meetings, and I'm working on my third step. Oh, that's awesome. I know there's a lot of listeners that that have done that 12-step stuff. I haven't ever really gone through it myself, but um, I know that it is very helpful to a lot of people. So is that what you're finding is it's very helpful and it's been you? Just kind of get through the days? Um, maybe you could say that. Maybe, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Well, so when you, I, I've got a couple thoughts on maybe what we could talk about tonight, but do you have anything? Because you always come up with good ideas, too. So I thought I'd ask you if you have anything that you want to bring up. You know, I, I wrote start. down some things. <laughs> I wrote down some things because I saw that he wasn't showing up. Good. Okay, awesome. So anger and what intimacy. Anger and intimacy. Anger. We can talk about those two Anger things. and intimacy? Yeah. Yeah. And to what extent or what context are you thinking about anger? So how, what triggers you? Is it kind of more of a trigger? Um, can Thought. solutions, can we talk about solutions for anger? Because that's what I got. I got two oh, solutions solution. for anger. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. I'll What did you say, Miss Kim? So, yeah, go ahead and, and share it with us. What were your thoughts? Well, I heard this these from somebody else, so I'm just passing along what I've heard. But one of them is deep belly breathing when you're angry. And then the next one is journaling about what made you angry. Okay. So the the deep belly, what is what was that that you said? Deep belly breathing, breathing into your belly, like expanding your belly when you take a deep breath in, and like squeezing your belly when you take a deep when you breathe out. Okay. Yeah. So almost so holding. Have you ever heard of belly breathing? Um, yeah, I think I have, I think, but probably not real in detail. So can you tell us a little more about it? Well, I do some meditation and I do some breathing exercises on there. And one of the breathing exercises that I do is like three seconds in, five seconds out for two minutes. And then another one is inhaling when you inhale you can bring your fingers together to make a light a, a loose fist and when you exhale you can let your fingers out to make a straight hand and so i just started that recently oh, okay yeah i've never heard really the hand one but that makes sense well that's awesome do you meditate yeah i know that i've i've shared like the five the five-second rule, I think, um, with you before, but 
I probably don't practice as much as I should. However, it looks like we do, we might have um, our guest on, our special survivor professional. So I'm going to see if this is him on the line. Is this, hello, is this Mr. McGrath? McGrath? No, I, I, uh, I have happy to hear you're back on the air after a little hiatus for a while. Uh, is this Kim? Thank you. This is Kim. Yeah. Hi, Kim. I think the last time I heard you, and uh, I want to get to that, but I think it's quite interesting. Uh, Henry McGrath was going to be on this evening, and I remember hearing the first time I heard Phil, he he was uh, speaking with Henry on uh, consent. I had a lot to say about it, but I didn't interrupt their conversation. It was interesting. While I was on hold, I remember you were... Phil had mentioned anger, and then he, he was speaking about five fingers, and you know, because of the hold and the time, I didn't hear the entire thing. But I do know that for me and for many of us survivors, if we have triggers, uh, the anxiety coming on, uh, I know that stand up if you can and put your shoulders back, breathe in through your nose, you know, and then out through your mouth. And it probably would take the time uh, in doing that. Oh, and smile. That is really important because you can't be pissed when you're smiling, you know, it's kind of tough. So it really helped me through many, many times. But uh, anyway, glad to have you all back. And if Henry calls in, of course, I'll step aside. But I I did want to say... I was listening to Kim, and, uh, you know, we are of the same religious upbringing. So I had a lot of interesting things about uh, the fundraising in the church, you know, um, all the Greek cooking. My son did the baklava this year. It was wonderful. Um, I was happy about that because it's one of those things, are you going to make your baklava? Are you going to make your baklava? It was almost like, okay, I'll pass it out. It's Christmas time. I know what you want from me. So, uh, but it is uh, truly a thing. And, uh, I don't want to hog, but you can go ahead and I guess you can talk about anger. Sometimes it's healthy. I do want to say sometimes uh, it's justifiable and it's healthy. Uh, I don't think you should lash out or react in a terrible way, but allowing yourself to be angry about something is certainly, I I feel, not unhealthy or should be avoided. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, because I I feel like if you are holding it in, there's going to come a time when it's going to come out. It just always does. I mean, well, you're going to feel the anger. I I think I think that Phil was referring to how you react to it when you feel that anger. I mean, you know, you don't want to lash out at innocent people or even guilty people for that matter. You know, right, right. Hold your breath, hold your tongue, and I don't know about hold your breath. I I I have an exhale. (laughs) You you stand in, and then you have to exhale through your mouth beyond what you inhaled, so you sort of empty it out, and. I even crack the window at night if I have a, you know, a little to sleep at night and breathe in the outdoor fresh air, which is lovely. Nice. Yeah, that helps. Yeah, thank you. No, 
I am so sorry because I was kind of looking through my list of numbers to see if I um, saw your number on here anywhere. Well, but I was born to your name Nicolopoulos. <laughs> but you can call me Kathy. Kathy. Okay. Thanks so much, Kathy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. No, we're glad you're on with us. And, and Philip, you're, you're welcome to jump in as well since we are continuing on with your thought, your subject that you were talking about. So, Well, there's something else that you can use for anxiety, and it's called a sensory grounding technique. Sensory grounding? Yes. Go ahead. Well, basically, you just notice five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste, and that kind of helps you calm down a little bit. Okay, sensory. Okay, sensory. I was thinking of century, like, you know, the 100 years. I'm going, okay, what is this? I gotcha. Yes, very good. Yeah, keep yourself <laughs> grounded in what's around you. Absolutely. Good idea. Yeah, there are good think... exercises. I've never done some of these other things uh, that they do, EMDR. Has any of you ever done that? And I, Kim's probably heard mm-hmm. of some people that did it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I've done certain parts of it. I haven't actually done the whole thing. I think I've, I've done... gotten per, uh, mixed reviews. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, I think it's like any therapy. You have to... I mean, it has to connect with you. You have to work for you. And no, I think I've never that, tried you know, there's so many different ways that you can get therapy. You just kind of yeah. have to figure it out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I had a therapist for a while, but she retired, and that's why I chuckle because uh, they're uh, hard to get um, appointments with and, you know. Slim pickings up in my neck of the woods. Yeah, I think it's hard everywhere. And I, I also think that a lot of therapists have gone and counselors have gone to online doing like the Zoom since the pandemic. And I struggle with that a little bit because I think I connect better and I have a better experience if I'm in person with a person. I haven't been able to find anybody. So... I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, what do you think? But we we, so we are still you have our exercises, right, Phil? We still have right. our tr- ways to deal with these things. Well, but it's actually, also nice to what... have NASCA back on. Yeah, it's really nice to have NASCA back on. What is EMDR therapy? I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. It's some eye-moving thing. Kim can jump in. You follow something and you think about the thing, and I think it kind of triggered into me because I do believe it, and I'm, like I said, I didn't have it, but it is kind of a sensory uh, redirection, if you will, because the intrusive Mm -hmm. thoughts comes in and then you you have it overdone by something else, and your eye somehow works your brain to turn your, I have no idea. You're going to have to talk to somebody who's gone through it, but... uh, yeah, it so let's see. The goal of the instructor I don't even know what it on, stands for so that I can do it. <laughs> it stands for something. Yeah. MDR. 
therapy. I forgot what it even stood for. I used to know. I'm looking it up. Now I I tell uh, me how to become one. I uh, laid, if you will, dormant on this issue until really the Me Too shouted out there. I guess 2017, 18. You know, and uh, yeah, my mom called me. I don't know if you guys remember some of the larger stories in the news at the time. And the uh, doctor for the Olympians that were in uh, training, gymnasts, Larry Nasser. Yeah. Remember his? Yeah. Yeah, he had like 400-something girls that he decided to digitally penetrate for therapeutic reasons. Anyway... Um, one of his victims gave very moving testimony and my mother happened to hear it and she called me and said, did you hear Rachel Dan Hollander? And I think that was the time and during with the Me Too and it all coming out and those feelings that I kind of, you know, lived my life and I knew they were there and, you know, worked with them. But they hit me hard because uh, I'm a survivor of abuse in the family. Mom knew damn well what happened to me. And it was a lot worse than uh, Larry Nasser. And for her to think that, oh, we're just going to talk about this other woman. And so that's when I really kind of came out. I had already done it with the family. But like I said, many of us stay on eggshells. And so, But I decided, you know, she's old. I'm old. Um she decided to move into his home. I was pissed, justifiably. I wasn't going to hurt anybody, but I certainly wasn't going to keep my mouth shut anymore. Yeah. So I. Uh, well, no, you get to a point where you can't anymore. It's just. Not- well, I didn't have to. I had. I mean, I I could. I, I, we avoided each other, you know, if there was any those big Greek fests we had. We were the family mm-hmm. that grew up, and we had the big lamb in our yard. And, Everyone was an honorary Greek and <laughs> families on both sides. You know what I did, Kim? Because I what can remember my father and his brother mm-hmm. going in the back with the head and putting it through the saw and cutting it in half. And, you know, had the eye and the brain and the half the tongue. And, you know, sometimes yeah. we get to be chew it off the jawbone, you know. The, but we, but yeah. as kids, you know, they'd put the lamb on the spit real early in the morning. By the way, Easter's May 5th this year. Amazing, Oh, it's kind of late this year. Hey, listen, Kathy, real quick, though. Listen, though, we've got, I just found the um, EMDR, because I don't want to get too off of this topic. So it's comprehensive, it's a comprehensive psychotherapy that accelerates the treatment of a wide range of pathologies and self-esteem issues related to disturbing events and present life conditions. So this interactional standardized approach has been um, tested in over 30 randomized controlled studies with trauma patients and hundreds of published published reported um, evaluating a considerable range of presenting complaints, including depression, anxiety, phobias, excessive grief, somatic conditions, and addictions. 
So EMDR therapy is guided by the adapted information Does processing have, model. Does it stand for something, though? Yeah, um, but it it's supposed to help unprocess the memories that appear to set, like just kind of sit in your mind and they don't go away. It's helping you process those. Eye movement, desensitization, eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. That's what it okay. stands for. There it is. Okay, good. I, I was, yeah, almost there. <laughs> but, yeah. I, and I, I think, think that I think it, it's it kind of a replacement of thing, like the sens sensory grounding, that Phil, you know, yeah. sort of that style of, uh, you know, working out what's going on and in, in your and keeping yourself processing, I guess, the right way. I don't know. Right. Well, and I, you know, I think that as survivors, I feel personally that I always need something kind of get me to that next hurdle because I think that it's not that I am in my past. It's just it feels like, I was trying to explain this the other day, it feels like the present keeps reminding me of the past. And, you know, it, it keeps coming up in ways that are not helpful to me. And so it would be, you know, helpful to be able to know exactly how to just stop that. And I think that's you know, kind of what we're talking about tonight, too, is, is finding these things that help us when we are going into those triggers. and um, They're inevitable. Yeah. I like think that. that one of the things yeah. that uh, we all can understand is that uh, it's not like we're making them happen. Things happen. And we didn't yeah. cause them to happen. And the result of these are, are residuals, you know, and they will happen. But uh, how we deal with them, and I think that's what Phil was bringing up. Um, yeah. Certainly, trying to drown them didn't work, or however it was, it brought you to 12 steps. <laughs> that that right. usually comes to you know realization throughout the process as well. But yeah, it was interesting. Um, that's all because that's when I met NASCA. I had finally came out, if you will, much more publicly. I was putting stuff online and families all ticked off at me. How dare you tell anybody what happened? The dirty secret's supposed to be kept. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Forget that. Mm -hmm. So I was pretty bold. And uh, and uh, Mama took the... I, oh, yeah. Then, the, then I found out they lifted the statute of limitations, and Mama was an eyewitness. So I was ready to file charges. That was interesting. Yeah. I filed them, but I didn't have the eyewitness. She took her, she took her testimony to the grave in February 2020, and that's the night I called NASCA, and I said, "Yeah, my oh, mom really? died time. today," and uh, Bill was very, uh, you know, sympathetic. Mm -hmm. And I said, "Damn bitch, took her testimony mm -hmm. to the grave." I'm sorry, it was, yeah, but uh. It was, you know, I guess most people, you know, I try to remember the good things, but, you know, that was still pretty heavy. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, Dad. That happened to you as well because, I mean, there's so many. I think what NASA does is it, it helps us to understand that we're not alone. There's other people out there. And not that I want other people to have to have experienced the same things that we have, but 
it does help me understand because there were so many years that I felt so alone. Actually, there are still years that I feel really alone, like within my own family because of how different I feel. So that's why I feel like I'm always going to need therapy is because I have I have trouble staying in that positive area of my life constantly. And but I think that's normal. Just like we're saying, there's normal triggers, there's normal things that come up all the time. And so how you deal with it, like you said, Kathy, and is is what we need to do as survivors. We need to be aware that these are coming up, and then what can we do that's going to help us? And it, as you say, you know, these therapies work differently for different people. You find out what works. Um, right. I know I, I enjoy um, my solitude. I don't know that I consider it a detriment, but I didn't mind distancing myself from my family a, a long, long time ago. I mean, I, you know. Yeah, but it was yeah. interesting. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. Sometimes you do have to. And um, I know that I have been setting a lot more boundaries with my dad more recently. You know, yes, I've forgiven him. Yes, we've, we've been through all that. But you know what? When it comes to the point of he forgets all of that and just starts treating me like crap for no reason – then that's when I'm going to start putting up these boundaries that I've started to right. learn how to put up because you don't take, I'm not you don't need to take to any crap. There's no reason no. to. I don't need to. Exactly. And if he wants yeah. to apologize, then he can apologize and we can maybe try and go from there. But I haven't talked to him since before Christmas. I didn't call him on Christmas. I sent him a text that said Merry Christmas, but I didn't hear back. But, um, you know, those are starting to be boundaries that I never thought I would ever ever do. And um, I'm proud of myself for it, actually, because I feel liberated. I feel a lot better about my, yeah, I guess that, that probably is a good word, Kathy, is liberated. <laughs> I really do. Because they are, I mean, they it, are changed. They necessary. are changed you wear in order to, you know, keep up the not hurt anybody else when, you know, it's not your responsibility to not hurt anybody else. You know, you're not going to lash out and hurt them. But you certainly shouldn't take any crap. I absolutely agree with you there, you know. And that's what I've done for so long. And everybody was used to that. They're used to me taking the crap. And I think, you know, at yeah. some point, everybody's going to break. <laughs> They're going to get to that point of breaking. But So, Philip, I, I want to bring you back into the conversation, too. Have you um, found that... The AA program, the 12 steps, is that one of the things that you're finding is one of your best go-to resources now at this time to help you? It's my very best, very first resource. Mm -hmm. The very first? Yeah. Awesome. Everybody there is super friendly and welcoming. What did you say, Ms. Kathy? It, it must feel satisfying. Yes, this feels very satisfying. Uh, yeah, Did you go to any AA groups? Are you asking me? Yes. 
Um, I was in uh, N.A. My sister was uh, very um, heavy into drugs. I I wasn't into AA personally. I think they have Al-Anon. Which yeah, is for I guess it was Al-Anon members. then. I should I should take that back. It's been a long time. She she passed away in 2013. She had been sober for many decades. We're old folks now. I'm an old lady now. I'm old too. It's amazing how that sneaks up on you. <laughs> Al-Anon, that was it. The families of uh she she invited uh some of us to a meeting. And then some of the other people, it was close, and I went, but just a little. And then she was recruiting um, people and a sponsor. Yeah. So um, did you do any steps in the meeting, at the meeting? Uh, she did. I... Uh, I can remember her talking. There was quite a few things through the years that she decided to take, make accountability. I can't remember what step it was, the third step or fourth step. I can't remember which one it was. But, no, I, I wasn't really involved in its thing. I loved the prayer, and we all held hands. That was always nice, the uh, serenity prayer. I think Bill used to uh, include that serenity prayer all the time. I remember when I first came on to NASCA, he was pretty consistent about saying the serenity prayer. I remember. I don't. Uh, 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 I remember bringing it up um, at, on one of the calls and asked everyone, "Did you, shall we do it? How about Phil lead the serenity prayer for us yeah. and we can slowly do it." You guys ready? Sure. Yes. Yeah. God, grant, grant me the serenity to, to accept the things I cannot change. I cannot change. The courage, courage to change, change the things I can. The things I can, and wisdom to know wisdom the difference. Wisdom to know the difference. Thank you. Yes. Amen. We can't hold hands. I him nice and loud in there. <laughs> I, I tried to be soft, but was I soft? Oh, I heard I'm you on my phone. <laughs> I was trying not to. Yeah, I was trying to let you leave it. <laughs> I didn't okay. hear you. Yeah, no, I. Oh, you didn't? I was trying to. I was whispering. I'm really good at, at not I being heard, you. apparently, I've been told. <laughs> I believe you. I'm really good it at is a be- It is a and beautiful. Love- it is. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Miss Kim, how long ago was that when Mr. Bill would lead all the talk radio shows in that show, in the in the Serenity Prayer? Um, it's, it's been a little bit. I think I've been with NASCA for about eight or nine years, maybe. So it was like right in those first years. I remember um, it was mostly him and Carol that were doing the shows, and. Um, and so I I just heard it once in a while. I don't think it was every time, but I did I remember hearing it. And I know that he likes to do he does like to talk about 
the 12 step program and that that is a little bit of what he started yeah. with NASCA. He has a 12 step that. program. Mm-hmm. I don't want to interrupt, but NASCA is oh, right on there. It's yeah. uh, the entire thing is, yeah. is mirrored or uh, I don't know what the word is after that um, step process, you know? Okay. Yeah. Like under, it's under resources or recoveries, one of the two. But um, we are getting ready to revamp the whole website. So then I can oh, yeah. find things a lot better. <laughs> but, yeah, we're, uh, my son and I have been talking with Bill for a while now. And, How is um, he? We're going to try and get do that. So, yeah, just I could give you a little bit of an update. Bill's doing well. He's home, and um, he is recovering. So he's got, you know, a little bit of a recuperation a little bit of a recovery ahead of it yeah he's got some some recuperating to do and um you know we don't i don't know all of the the ins and outs of well i'm sure he knows everyone's wishing the best and praying for him yeah and that's what i wanted to say too you know and I, i meant to do that in the very beginning and say that um i've asked him specifically and he did say that we can you know, mention that he needs prayers, and I think that that's something that he believes in, along with the self-step program. So um, well, any can hurt through prayers or anything, yeah, it definitely cannot hurt. So um, we're, we'll try and keep you updated. Because we had um, a lot of different changes going on, and we were down, unfortunately, for two weeks, which makes me sad. Um, but I think I figured it out. There's a a system to getting it back on that I know Bill had to go through, and I think I finally figured it out. So um, hopefully it won't happen again, but it does. I can maybe get it back quicker than I did this time. So um, Blog Talk has not updated anything ever. <laughs> so it would we would really like to be able to connect things to the new website and um, there's a certain, you know, we can connect the shows so that they go onto the website like they're doing now, but we can't connect Blog Talk to, like, Facebook Live or something. So um, we still want to do that because I still think that people want to see faces these days, and if people are willing to do a video interview, then I think that is always nice, and that's what people are doing right now. So. And, and just add to it. I mean, people can still do the, the blog talk because I know that that is a favorite of a lot of people. And it is what Bill wants to continue, too. So we'll, we will keep blog talk, but just add, you know, like I've been trying to do here and there, some videos with it. If you know of anybody that would like to do their testimony or if either one of you, you, people, you guys that are on with me today, or Kathy, if you ever want to do your testimony, just let me know. We've got some days we're going to, we're actually going to be down to three days for now until we get some things worked out. So um, we're just going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And we will still have the the guest nights, but we also have the survivor professionals that are scheduled every month. And um, I could have mixed up Hank McGrath. I don't know. Maybe he'll be on next week. But... um, I thought it was the first Tuesday of the month that I could be mistaken. 
So we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. We'll get it all back up and running, and <laughs> we just had a little hiatus. But um, and thanks for asking about Bill. You know, he appreciates it. So, oh, yeah. So, Miss Kim, what were you going to talk about? Your ideas on what you're running this show? Never mind. <laughs> no, I was, you know, I was kind of thinking at one point, I looked up, like, all the statistics, and then we were, let's see if I can find. Um, the last you know, time I, I, go ahead, Kathy. I'm sorry, I don't want to, I, I think I was muted. I was going to say, I don't know if you, I, oh. the last time I think you were on was Cherie White. She was a advocate for anti-bullying when you were talking about yeah. the Greek, the Greek thing. That's when I was, I found out that you were raised in the Greek Orthodox Church. Um, I, I don't know. You might you might be confusing me with somebody else. I wasn't Maybe really I am. Maybe I am. That's why I mentioned yeah. it. So you, that's why I mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, no. It's my no, fault. No, I wasn't you know, raised in the Greek Orthodox, but okay. <laughs> we all you do not. We all get people. You were confused. not? <laughs> no. No, I was okay, not. Well, I was not in the Greek one, one, one of the hosts. The one of the recent times, that's why that's why I brought it up, was raised in the Penelope. Greek Orthodox. Uh, that's why I mentioned it's Easter. Penelope. It's different, and it's the big deal yeah. in the Greek church. It's it's the, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think it's Penelope, Kathy. I think that's probably who it I, is, Penelope. Was it Penelope? Hmm. She's the one, only one I, I can think of because she's Greek. And um, well, well, there you go. Yeah, and I think I that's what, yeah, I think she's she the only one I can think well, of. Well, I don't mean to put you in the we'll spot. Have to ask her. <laughs> it, it, it's, 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 it's real, it's real, uh, um, it's real festive. I, I remember whoever it was, they're saying they're making their money, and you may know this whether you're Greek or not, is the Greek churches will have their Greek feasts and Greek festivals, and everybody comes and gets all the food, and it's, uh, Unique, and it's it's really now how the church is making money. I find it rather, I don't know, I I, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like it being a, you know, a profit business. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it, we're, we're talking about, because I'm usually on with Penelope, so I was probably on with her. Um, Maybe about, you like, were on that, and I just did, I didn't yeah. know who was speaking. Yeah, that could very well be. And were we talking about, like, bringing um, goods and things to sell at one point into the church, too? Because I know that, that we were talking with somebody at one point. Um, I think, I about think how Phil might have even in. been on, and he, and he might have even instigate, initiated the conversation, instigated, initiated the conversation <laughs> about churches because uh, I think Phil said he was, doing some work and volunteering with church. And it was yeah. one of the things to do for the holidays. Maybe this was just before the holidays. It wasn't too too many times before I was down, you know, for a while. Yeah. Philip is always good about bringing topics in. He yeah, he's an instigator. 
<laughs> He's an instigator. That's right. <laughs> no, but, you that's know, I good. think that that's so along those lines of, you know, faith, I think that that too can help when you are triggered or, you know, having a, a time where you're depressed for a while and you, you need some kind of relief. For me, for a long time, it was church. I don't necessarily always feel the same way. I feel like I will go to, like, Christian music instead of, mm-hmm. you know, just thinking that I have to be in the church. Or I can go to reading my Bible or reading some of my daily devotionals. And I think a lot of times that's what we need is something to direct our mind, to redirect our mind. I think community, I think community uh, be it, uh, you know, another group, whether it's even faith-based. I mean, you can be involved in, yeah. I'm not a knitter, but, you know, I guess people go quilting and they go doing these, you know, or even to AA meetings, you know, and you get just to be around other people and have, have community and feel as though you can uh, concentrate or, or direct your energy towards something else so that you can uh, relax anything that might be stressful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I, it may have been what the two you? of you, but I do remember uh, the discussion on the Greek Orthodox Church about how they're all making their money now by, and you can do everything. I'm very untechy. You were speaking about the new website. I'm thinking, boy, that's way way beyond what I could comprehend, but they are getting on their phones and just ordering everything, and then they just drive through. It's mm. like a drive-up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Very possible in the larger metropolitan areas. Yeah. Yeah, well, and everybody can do it online, too, so it's like, yeah. even That's if you I mean. don't well, go you to church, church get the food. Yeah. Maybe they're maybe yeah. they're delivering. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. But where uh, you know where I remember the ones that churches that I was familiar with in the large. That's what they're doing now. Yeah, yeah. I think all churches are, um, and I know I've talked about it on the air before too. I feel like churches are more out for money now. It's not about finding souls and helping people. It's more about keeping the, the doors open and how much money can we bring in to, you know, make this other event happen or make, you know, this certain class happen or. Um, yeah, it's too bad. It was. I agree. It, me. it is. It is. It is too bad because I don't think that that's what God had in mind for sure <laughs> for what churches are. And um, it's harder. I think if you can stay on the outside and just attend services, and don't get involved so much, but we need people to get involved in the churches too, so to kind of keep it running. So that's yeah, they put that basket in front of you when you're involved. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if you ever give or volunteer once, you're you're required for the rest of your life. That's it. Um, right. <laughs> how many years you've been with yeah. Nasca? Did you say? <laughs> Speaking of. <laughs> no, I'm happy. I'm ha- I'm happy, and I appreciate all of you. Well, thank you, Kathy. We appreciate you too. Um, I gotta go in two minutes because I have a meeting to go to. Oh, okay. Oh, well, thanks, Bella, for being on. 
going to be on? Um, no, Nancy's going to be on tomorrow. Oh. And, um, yeah, so I think she's going to just do it. We're just scheduling one, one regular host, and then we can jump on, but I probably won't be able to tomorrow night, but I'll, I'll jump on some of the other host nights, too, and, and we'll keep it going. We're going to keep things going. We've just got some things to work out first and make sure that, um, you know, all the bills are paid and everything. <laughs> Everything's in order. So, but we're going to keep it going. So, thanks, Philip. We appreciate you. Okay, yes, you came now. Thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Bye, Bye Philip. So, um, the other thing that I was thinking about, Kathy, are you going to, are you have time to stay on for a little bit? Well, that? I might as well. I, I, I don't want to leave you all alone unless you want me to. <laughs> no, thank you. I appreciate you being on. <laughs> no, I think, um, you I know, think prevention. You speaking of, speaking of alone, I think you yeah. mentioned that uh, you, you know, you haven't had feelings. I can remember. Uh, maybe you don't remember the particular show. I have boys, and they remembered it. Uh, it was called Mythbusters on uh, Discovery Channel. Have you ever heard of that show? Yeah. Yeah, I think I they remember science, that. Yeah. They did science things, and let's see if this works, and whatever it was, called Mythbusters. Anyway, um, one of the earliest articles I'd read was from a, a survivor of sibling sexual abuse, and she had written um, seven ways the families uh, re-traumatize you. And it was very good, and I wrote to her, and she says, mm. isn't it, isn't it uh, helpful to know, you know, you're not alone? I had never written to anybody, you know, online about it with my first breakthrough. And uh, I wrote to her, and I said, gee, I surely wish I was the only one in the world that this happened to. Wouldn't that be just terrific? You know, I mean, uh, yeah. I I, yeah. I I appreciate that I can connect with people who get it because a lot of people just don't get it, and uh, and that's comforting. But um, yeah, when she said that, I was realizing how I really had not felt uh, the need to be know that I wasn't alone because I always knew that this was happening everywhere. It's a shame and it's horrible, but it is. Now, her, she never really came out. She talked about what she happened in, in, in so to speak. But then they, they lifted the statute of limitations in her jurisdiction. It turns out her brother was the guy on the TV doing the Mythbusters. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I so think I went, wow, that guy, that seen, that's the guy? You know? You know, and, and so these are just regular people, unfortunately. She had trouble getting her mother to do all of the, oh, my goodness, I'm I'm sort of glad, Mama, and I didn't have to go through the trial because it's very devastating. And even though um, he's walking around free, you know, it's it's not comfortable to have to go. I remember a fellow from Belgium who had gone down, I don't know how many times to the trial, and it was so many years and. And so many delays, and he had to go and go, and he ended up, they got a settlement, 
and it wasn't even enough to cover his costs of traveling and eating and going through the stress of the whole thing financially, let alone emotionally. So um, I can appreciate those that get justice, but it's few and far between, you know. Why do you think that is? I mean, I was looking at this, 10 reasons why parents don't discuss child sexual abuse. Kind of along those same lines. So why is it? Why don't... Well, you've been on NASCA long enough to know that so many of us don't even come forward for a long time. I mean, we completely just put the whole thing out of our minds, you know? It's tough to have those thoughts intruding into your mind, and you want to live. So I guess it's the survival mechanism, you know, that people do it. I know that uh, I didn't keep it... Well... I guess I, did, I I kept it up, but I did I did the confrontation with the brother. It must have been a good twenty years later, and that's because I'd mentioned my sister was pretty messed up on drugs and whatnot, and my niece, sister's daughter, was considering living in his marital home, and I went, you know, maybe this isn't a good idea. I mean, I know what he's capable of, and he knows I know what he's capable of. It's not like I didn't. So I did, I told my father, I told the brother, you know, I confronted him. You mentioned you you spoke with your abuser about the abuse. Um, One of them. There's been several. I mean, but yeah, one of them I have. And I guess that's what... How did that go, if what you don't I, mind my asking? Well, part of my story is that I um, told my mom a couple years after it had happened, and um, then I was told basically that it happens, that it's a, I guess, just something that happens to girls. I, I, that was what I got out of the conversation when I was 15 years old, and I don't remember exactly the words that were said, but I know that my mom at that time told me that she had been, which I think I had known somehow, but I didn't know who, and um, had uh, sexually abused her as a child. And then I found that out. So, And then there's this weird relationship that she had with that person that was still in her life. And... You know, so I think it was this whole grooming thing. I think I am—I was groomed from the very beginning, first of oh, all, yeah, to not question anything, not question, don't question, just make sure that everything is okay and looks good. That was the most oh, yeah. important thing, looks good. Yeah, I had that too. Look I, had a, I had a yeah. two-time situation <laughs> with the brother. It was I was younger, and during that time I was, you know, you don't question it. I didn't think it was odd, weird, mm-hmm. and... Normal, probably. You know, it's similar. And I didn't bring it up. It wasn't until it was very violent. He stopped for about almost 10 years until I was a teenager. And then he came in my room and was violent, very violent. And mother saw him. Other people had to pull him off. It was pretty bad. And they should have taken me to the hospital considering I was unconscious. But, you know, so everybody knew. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah, everybody knew. Sorry. He went off to boot camp, so he wasn't around, and I left the country. So I did my distancing without realizing that that's what I was doing, but it was probably very helpful for me. 
but uh, oh yeah, I'm sure. Probably I left you. I left the uh, fam- family for a long time. They they didn't know where in the world I was, and I mean that literally. Mm-hmm. I didn't return. Like, yeah. We're Greek American. I'm thinking I went and visited my aunt and stayed there in Greece. In ten days, I was hitchhiking out of the country and never returned. Um, months uh-huh. and months later, and then they yeah. found out that uh, very unusual to find out about them. Where they were, and oh, I haven't thought about them, but I didn't come back for years. Right. And no, and that. and I think, if, but it was probably I don't know for sure. You'd have to, you know, tell me a little bit more of your story, your backstory. But um, in my life, it was generational. So this, and not by the same person. And I think that's what people sometimes don't understand too is that. It's not about the same person doing it to you. It's about the complacency, I guess, is what, okay, it just happens. And so I'm just going to sit here and pretend like, you know, it doesn't happen. That's just just blind. Suck suck it up. Exactly. uh, That's exactly what I was getting from you when you were, yeah, that is is a very, a very, Complacency is a good good way to describe it. It's terrible, but yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine when I got pregnant at 18 that I would ever just say to my daughter, it happens, you know, oh, yeah. just, and have the, the thought, the mind frame of not protecting her in a way or teaching her anything that could help her be, you know, protect herself, but just think, oh, it's just going to happen someday. And yeah. but when I you know yeah. started raising my my girls and I started reading things and um, started getting statistics and stuff, of course it scared me to death. I'm like, oh my gosh, one in four girls, you know, I've got two well, of them. So that's why, it's, <laughs> and and a, and a son. That's why it's good to hear you say that uh, you're not going to take any bullshit anymore. You're not. You don't have to. I mean, you know, that's what we right. do. You, you know, your daughter shouldn't, and no, no people should. You know, you stand up and say, hey, uh-uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not just going to happen. And um, Exactly. And I know yeah. that it's still in my family in in different ways of, so the, my mom has been gone for 20 years, or 19 years. And that doesn't, in the and middle that of December, it'd be 19 years. No, she never, and she never really, 19, she's been gone 19 years, but. She, we never really had any of these discussions at all. So mm. she, at one point, when when my dad, so I, when I got pregnant at 18, my um, my dad got, which is the only dad I really knew. I had he was my stepdad, and um, all of the the sexual abuse, he was physically abusive and emotionally abusive, my whole life, and I knew him from the time I was three, but um. When he, you know, when, then when I got a little bit older is when he abused me. And and then my mom said, well, it's, it's just the way it is. Well, then he got cancer, and I was pregnant with my daughter. So he came and apologized to me, but I felt like it was really my mom. You know, she making was there with it. him, of course, and, yeah. and making him do it. Yeah. And, um, and so yeah. it wasn't very sincere, but... What happened was after my mom died, my dad showed up to church because he had been invited to church. And my mom had, I was really, really 
I was mad at God for a while because I felt like my mom had just started going to church again. She was raised in the church, but she was far from the church when she was raising me. But she had just started going to church and just started working at her church. So in my mind, I started really to have a lot of hope that we could, you know, rebuild our relationship and that we could have some conversations that, um, you know, could maybe clear up some things and, um, you know, just have some real-life conversations and kind of walk the Christian life together, I guess. And then she was, she died within six months of her starting over at the church. Big emptiness there, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so she, and she was working there. It was on a day she was working. She had a, a seizure and passed away. She had epilepsy, too. So that was something else that was just always something that we had dealt with and something that just didn't, uh, I, I think, occur to us that could actually take her because it was always something that we dealt with. So, um, so yeah, when she died, my dad showed up at the church and, and apologized again. You know, I, I got more of a sincere apology. I, you know, and I, I forgave him. And I do forgive him. There is just, there seems to be, like I said, these these times that he kind of gets high on his horse or something and says, oh, well, I'm your dad and you need to take care of me. He's tried to live in with me ever since my mom died. And I, you know, this that's not happening. You mm-hmm. made that choice a long time ago. That's not my choice. That was your choice when I was 12 years old. And mm-hmm. so that is not happening. I will make sure that you are taken care of and that, you know, you've got what you need, but it won't be at my house. And um, And so... I am at the point now, and then my brother died seven years ago, my only brother. So um, I am at the point now where it, we are the only two surviving people of my fam, kind of immediate family. Uh-huh. <laughs> Although my my whole biological family, my biological dad is passed away in a car accident. And so now, now my mom's gone and my, my brother. So I'm basically the only one left in my biological family, but then my stepdad is still here. And I never thought, there was no nothing in my mind that ever would have, prepared me to have to do, to be in this situation right now. I never yeah. thought I would be in this situation that I'm the only one left to kind of make his, make the decisions for him. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I, I don't want to. And, <laughs> and I'm struggling <clears throat> with it a lot. And when I get to those points of I'm struggling and I've got other things going on in my life and I could use a parent that's just there for me, I can't ever rely on him. Never. It's always about him and what he needs and what he wants. And um, when I was over there last, which was actually on the anniversary of my mom's passing on December 13th, I, I went over there to his place and um, he just treated me like shit. And my aunt showed up and then he decided he was going to be nice to her so, you know, he can change his, his face oh, yeah. right away. But what in the hell was wrong with, I mean, why are you mad at me? Just because I won't give you everything that you, I mean, there's a lot more, there's things going on oh, too. We actually put him of, just on lack hospice. of control. He still wants to yeah, maintain he, yeah. control. Right. Right. And, you know, and, and, and you're not, put him, and you're not his boy, no. you know, and you're not his I'm object, not gonna, <laughs> you know. And I'm not blinded and, by. And you know what? He's going to have to understand so. that's just the way life is. Suck it up, buttercup. Right. You know? And that's exactly. He has been coddled and taken care of. His whole life. And he'll still use 
well, mom used to do this for me 19 years later. Well, no, you've lived on your own now for 19 years. I'm sure you can do whatever you need to do. And, um, but it's even more, it goes even deeper than that. You know, we just, well, we just put him on hospice is what happened. And he was under the impression when we put him on hospice, because we were kind of told that, that he could pretty much get, you know, anything that he needed to make him feel better. But we didn't understand. We didn't know that he was already on the maximum amount of narcotics that he can take, even before they put him on hospice. So now he's mad because he's not getting more. It's, and it's not even about, I mean, I, yeah, tell this his whole story, but um, he, he is an addict is, is the problem. That is the main mm-hmm. problem. He is an addict. He, gets, he got a certain amount of, you know, oxycodone a month, and they would all be gone within the first part of the month. And then he is in a position where he can't yeah, move because he's in so much pain that he can't do anything because he took them all. So and he's so, how long has he been put on, him on hospice? Um, just a couple, well, about a month. It's only been about a month. So what but, are the days um, numbers? Uh, it, uh, I, I don't know. I almost have a feeling he will get off of hospice. Oh, because they're done playing. Maybe he just got they're, Well, they're done playing games. With the drugs? Yes. I mean, I think that that was what he thought he was getting on hospice yeah. for. He is not oh, getting yeah, any I'm better. He's got COPD. Yeah. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. got congestive heart failure, COPD. He's, you know, he's got all. He's got a feeding tube, which he eats. Also, he's not supposed to, but he still eats out of his mouth, and he has since the, the day that he got the feeding tube. Um, but he lies to all of his doctors. So, I mean, he is on his. Yes, he, his days are numbered. We just don't know what exactly that is. And we um, presented hospice to him because he's been on palliative care for a long time for a couple of years now, actually since he got the feeding tube for like five years. Uh-huh. And the palliative nurse is noticing that he's not, you know, he's getting worse. So he is, he could turn in a minute if he gets a, you know, pneumonia or something and they have to put him on um, life-saving measures, you know, put, um, in, in, intubate him. If they have to intubate him, he's not coming off of that ever mm-hmm. again because his lungs are messed up and everything so and he had throat cancer so there's all kinds of things but mm-hmm. um he but at this point because he only wants to get high he doesn't necessarily want to take his pain away i understand we all understand he's in pain but he just wants to get high and take his pain away he doesn't want to use any of the things that they will give him to make his pain go away because it won't get him high you know so that's yep. where we're at with him and I'm just over it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm not. I'm done playing the game. You guys can deal with him. But there is a possibility that they will, after his 90 days, his first 90 days on hospice, and because he keeps trying to call his other doctors and get medicine, they will probably take him off. Um, and, and it just makes my life a little bit harder, a lot harder, actually, because right know. now he is having you know. somebody consistently come over. I just don't see where if they take him off, somehow you're um, responsible. Well, I'm I know not. You, you're right. You have I'm feelings. Not. You have feelings, and I can appreciate that you have feelings. I'm not discounting that you shouldn't have them, but certainly you should come first. And also, uh, yeah. he's got, like you said, he's been doing something for the past, what, 18, 19, however many years it's been, you know? Right. 
It was rough. Right. I, uh, and he's... I, I just went through that, well, um, 20, 21, a year after Mama passed. Dear sweet husband, so it was rough. He passed right here. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, hospice. It's January. He got Getting. on hospice, and by March he was gone in 2021. Yeah, and that's normal. I mean, I think that's normally what happens when we're on hospice. I actually have an uncle that went on hospice, too. Well, they about the same time. That's why I was asking. When they, when they put him on, when yeah. they put you on, you basically are, uh, within six months, you know, you're expected that the disease or whatever it is you have are going to get you. He, right. You know, he could have been on. He fought like hell, cancer, you know, that does it. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I know that's a hard thing to go through. We had 32 wonderful years and more Aww. beautiful, beautiful son. So I'm. You have four sons? No, I have two. I was oh, married before, okay. and I and I and I divorced Howard, but Howard's still living, and he's his son is here with me now. He came up to help. Um. Carl, well, he came up. He wasn't going to stay, but he's still here, and I appreciate it because I'm alone, you know, and I have a big enough home that I have plenty of room. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Do you feel like that you were able to become more empowered as you got well, probably as your second husband, because it sounds like the first one didn't work out real well. But well, the second I, uh, one, I, I mean, was I supportive. Was doing, I was doing pretty well when I met Howard, um, and I was going. I was ready to go back. Came back to the states. Um, my by that time, my grandfather, who I was close with, was he. He asked to see me. He was dying, and I went to see him, mm-hmm. and I was ready to go back. I had my ticket, had money ready to head back over to Europe, and uh, I met Howard, and he wanted to go with me. I liked him, and uh, <laughs> and I knew. I said, well, I've got this, you know, one-year deal, you know, I'll stay with you for a year. But I knew that he hadn't traveled, and I had, and I knew that uh, I would probably leave him on the highway sometime, and he'd be all lost. So I said, that's what I was going to do, but that's what I do alone. I don't do that with someone else, you know, so. Um, I wanted yeah. to uh, ask what he was going to do. You know, you've been working in this camera store. And so that's when we went. He decided he, he, he really wanted to go to this college in Minnesota. So I went to Minnesota and worked in through college <laughs> instead. So I was yeah. I was doing okay. And, uh, you know, but I had honesty was an issue. Oh, yeah, one year. And another thing that I wanted to have is to be married and um, stable enough and choose to become pregnant. And I was able to do that. And so Stephen was planned and um, my son now. And, but uh, I had to have honesty, and he, he, he chose to lie and gave him time. And I said, look, you know, if I catch you lying, yeah. I'm going to have to leave you. And so I did. But I have since become a uh, mm-hmm. an advocate for father's rights because – um, after we broke up, I mean, the women that were saying, you can get the son of a bitch, you know, he owes this and he didn't pay and that. I mean, I tell yeah. you, um, it was really um, vindictiveness beyond, um, you know, 
and I felt bad for the fathers because yeah. while while uh, I know that I wasn't going to stay married to him, I know that he loved his son, you know, very much, and uh, he he spent uh, Christmases. Well, he was only three when we broke up. We were married five years when we planned to have him. So, you know, so it was yeah. it was a, a decision really that I made. I, I know also that I could have stayed in that marriage. I could have tried to. Yeah. But I saw my parents do that. I told Mama, I said, one thing you taught me, Mama, is what not to do in a marriage case. Yeah. Dad was hard, you know, and I was mm-hmm. able, and I think many of us that looked at our parents, you know, I, I did objectively when, you know, when I was even going through my teen years, I said, this is crazy. I don't want to uh, yeah. be like this. They didn't, uh, they didn't know. You were talking about they just put on appearances. That's what happens. You know, mm-hmm. we weren't yeah. really looked into who we were. We All we were were reflectives of the position in the family we were supposed to play, right? That's how it is. Right. You know? Yeah. And, you know, we I, I did the job of making sure that everything was presentable and I'm right. taking care of my parents when they decided they were going to, you know, zone out and not be available. To me or my brother, I was the one taking care of us. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think that. I think looking looking back now, you know, again, like I said, I don't understand. I I can't understand it. There's no comprehension of how you could do that and not take care of your children that you decided to have. And um, so I I struggle with it probably more now than I did. You know, even in the early years of being married, but what I'm noticing that I'm starting to pay attention to is not what people are saying, because I have people saying things to me all the time, but what is actually getting done? What are, you know, what are you saying and then following through with? Because that's what I feel like has always been missing in all of my relationships, too. Is it's, I, I'm always getting these promises of, yeah, this is going to be Friends, it's going to be better, but how is that going to happen? Nobody wants to be held accountable to how that's going to look different. And so I, I'm the one that's going to have to change it. I'm the one that's going to have to be accountable and say, hey, if I want a different outcome and a different life, then I am going to have to do something different. And um, so many people don't see that. <laughs> we'll have a hard well, time seeing that. They just keep doing the same do thing. We have to... Make choices to make a different direction, and that's uh, that's certainly right. what I did. I know, I uh, I miss him. I miss him very much, but I'm yeah. I'm uh, I'm okay. I don't know what's going to happen if he, my son moves away, because um, I don't know. I don't Talk do a lot. It. Are you, you know, in mentioning church and community? I don't really do a lot. Yeah. I don't have a lot of social it, well, activities, you know. Are you in kind of a rural area or are you in a city? Oh, yeah. And then some. I'm a mile in the woods. You know? Oh, are you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, dirt road. Oh, yeah, you really have to get out. So, yeah, I live, in, uh, <laughs> I, live in, uh, I live in a very rural area. But I'm only a mile away from town. But there's only, it's a small town. You know, it's only a few hundred people here. Yeah. Where are you? What we, state are you in? 
Maine. I'm in Central Maine, and that's all oh. in Maine. Oh, okay. In the, okay. In, in in Maine. It's okay. Yeah, I've heard it's really pretty, but it's beautiful out there. <laughs> well, it is. It, it is no doubt um, beautiful, and I certainly, when I was in Minnesota with my first husband, which I'd never been to, and and they told me when I got there, they said, well, uh, the snow had fallen. I guess that's it till the spring thaw. And I said, what's going to melt? No, it's very, very cold. I didn't know it got cold. I didn't know people lived when it got that cold. So when I did move to Maine, and I had been in Delaware before then, met Carl, we we were married there, and we moved up here. And uh, he... He's been up here, but when I moved here, they figured I was in Delaware. And I went, well, I lived in Minnesota for four years. And they went, oh, man, it's cold there. It's much colder in Minnesota than it is here. But I didn't live a mile in the woods. Yeah. I, lived, I lived in the town where there were sidewalks, you know, and people drove cars. <laughs> yeah. So. But I, yeah, I'm, and that's a, where I've always wanted I, to I be. I don't want to leave, then. but I, told, I said I'd love to have a place on a lake. You know, in in a nice quiet area, but Minnesota was too flat, and that's when people said, "Well, have you ever seen Maine? They have a canoe area there too." And uh, when I met Carl, he had a camp up here. He used to go hunting with his family. They had a camp years ago, and I came up, and I really did fall in love with the state. It's beautiful up here. Neat. Yeah, I'll have to get up there at some point. I have a knee kind of up that way, and I have a good friend, too, that's kind of up that way that really wants me to come see her. But, New um, England area? I haven't had a chance. So, in yeah. New England? Yeah. Um, well, actually, Vermont the, and New Hampshire are beautiful, yeah. too. So is, yeah. you know, well, so is a lot of places. Yeah, I'm I mean, always... I just, where are you now? Yeah. Where do you... I'm in Colorado. Well, that's a beautiful Colorado. place, too. I mean, it's yeah. breathtaking there, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is home. This is where I've always pretty much lived, so it's home. <laughs> we moved away for a few years, but, um, yeah. I I couldn't probably move away now because I have six grandkids here. So Well, there you go. I'm See, probably not going to go far. I didn't, neither of my boys gave me grandchildren, so I don't have any grandchildren. Oh. One married, the other one didn't. So, but, you know, that was their choice. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. You get to you know. have grand animals. Do you have any grand animals? Because I've got those I get to take care of as well. <laughs> well, I have my own, but I did my son. I used to call him my grand doggy. He doesn't have them now. No, but uh, I bred Rottweilers for a while. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. I've got Tess now. She's 11. She's my last one. And I'm wondering what I'm going to do if I'm going to get another Aww. Rottweiler. I'm so in love with the breed. Aww. I had quite a yeah, few. Yeah, it sounds like you've taken good care. Because that's pretty good age, isn't it, to live to? Yes. She's Enough very care? old. I'm surprised. I thought she was going to pass. We had yeah. Maggie. And Maggie was, you know, they were just almost 11. And Maggie, you know, she was slowing down, but Tess was, you know, not, I didn't know. She, and the next thing you know, Maggie took a turn for the worse, and she passed away in June. And Tess 
I mean, it's like she had a second childhood. I'm thinking you're 11 years old, and now all of a sudden you're jumping on the couch and all the way around. And I'm realizing that all these years, she really didn't want another dog in the house. She was really happy to be the only dog in the house. And I and I never she even dawned on me. <laughs> but but that's she's happy that way. That's okay. Uh, that's yeah. why I'm not going to get another dog, you know, and and, and bring another dog. You know, I'm going to let her enjoy her peace and enjoyment. And plus, she still wants to go for walks and stuff. So I get to take her for walks. She enjoys it. Right. And that's another well, that's thing. Another. You know. Yeah, healthy thing that's a healing thing, And too. it's almost, oh, it's not. We've well, still got 10 more minutes. Yeah, we're getting there. I, I was thinking it was 26 and 27, but it's 17. <laughs> so it's a little while. But I'm sorry, no, uh, Henry wasn't able yeah. to make it tonight and perhaps another time. Um, yeah. I will tell you that I was a little perturbed when I heard them speaking about consent because that was the, in, the thing that... Uh, Bill brought up, and I was thinking of, I didn't consent to him coming in and doing what he did to me when I was a kid. I mean, there was no doubt about it, no. you know. And when I was really young, I couldn't even, even though I, I didn't say no, I didn't, I was too young to know that it was wrong. But, uh, uh who so was they that? brought it on to, they brought it on to the, or Henry did bring it on to the perspective of, how far can you get with the girl without getting in trouble? And I went, well, wait a minute. <gasps> you know, I don't oh think my that's gosh. what you know. Yeah, I, I, I didn't call in because they didn't want to hear me bitch, I'm sure, but I had a thing or two to say about that, <sighs> okay? Um, no, yeah. um, I yeah. think women are pressured are pressured into too much, and I think that right now, and, and you shouldn't allow yourself, don't be pressured into you know, taking care of this man because he, he made poor choices in his life. You know? Right. You, you have continued done, to make poor choices. I know when I confronted my brother, he said he was sorry too, but he lied. It just took me a while. I even felt sorry for him because he told me oh. that's the worst thing I ever did. He's talking about the ravaged one when I was 17 and he broke into my room and mm. had his way and beat me unconscious, you know, and left teeth marks on my breast. I mean, it was fucking violent. Mm. And uh, he said it's the worst thing he ever did in his life, and he thought about it every day. And I thought about it, and I thought to myself at one point, well, if I had to be mom or dad or him or me, who would you choose? I don't know if my two children ever did that, what I would do. They didn't, thank God. And uh, but right. I'd rather I'd rather we raised be them me. Different. I thought I'd rather yeah. be the I'd rather be me than any four of those you know. However, um, yeah, he had he had actually turned it to make me feel bad for him for having to see that because unfortunately I, I saw it a yeah. whole lot too you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah. that didn't. Exactly. I realized that he, he was lying. He wasn't sorry. Because if he was sorry, he would have taken responsibility when he had the opportunity to. But he didn't. Right. They all decided to blame me. Right. So when my husband passed away and he was in hospice and they're all pretending like they give a shit, I, I wouldn't even take their calls. Mm-hmm. And my other brother, who stood by him, 
actually called to say he was sorry that he died. And I said, you have the audacity to call me the day my husband died. Don't ever call me again. He tried to call me on my birthday. And I said, nope. I picked it up and hung up, you know. And, uh, uh-uh. No, I, I don't mind. I, I don't mind cutting them out. And it's been, it's been really tough, especially since 2020 when I came out uh, public, super publicly. You know, the family knew it. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I have, I can still see the dysfunction and the the people, so one of my mom's abusers, that I, well, the one that I knew of, um, just recently passed away. And um, I've got aunts saying things to me like, oh, we should go and honor him. He needs to be honored. And I'm sitting there going, really? And, and, And this is coming from an aunt who has also been, not by, well, I don't know, maybe she was abused by him, and I don't know it, but she was abused by another brother of hers, and I didn't know that until just a few years ago. So, I mean, she's still, that aunt is still living in that, you know, we need to protect them. Yeah. Let's not you know, only do that. whatever we can to protect them and then honor them when they die. Not honor only what? It's honoring them, it's being seen honoring them. By others that are there, you know, if you didn't go, yeah, well, you, know, you would be, you know, it's more not a, obviously the person's dead, okay, but the right. idea that they uh, don't know exactly, but the other people that are at the funeral, oh, did you see her? She she came and she doesn't, she didn't show up. I mean, uh, uh-uh. I don't, care. I didn't go, to, I did not go to mother's funeral. I went to my dad because my. He, he told my friend, she's not even going to come to my funeral. And, and she said, I I will, Papu. They all called him Papu. I'll make sure she comes to the funeral. And she did. She drove me down there from Maine. And I went to the funeral. But I did not ride the hearse. I did not sit at the family table. And I had nothing to do with the brother or the mother. Yeah. You know? Well, but, that's uh, the thing. Is, it, you know, I would have to spend money to go to Washington State to, you know, honor right. him, who he right. doesn't, I, I don't feel, deserves to be honored. I mean, exactly. I had I opportunities to go see him, too, at, at times. You know, my aunt was like, come with us to go see him. I'm like, why? I, I And I don't understand, especially knowing what I am doing these days, you know, what I've been doing for the last eight years. You don't even have to why, explain yourself okay. to them. You don't even have to explain yourself. You yeah. don't owe anybody anything. You no. Right now, no. you're you scrapped. Don't. I mean, it's not like you can't, you know, if that was the case, you'd send a representative. Right. You don't even need to send a bouquet right. of flowers, you know? I mean, it's just no. crazy. No. And it's all and for he appearances. Didn't do anything. It's all for appearances. Right. And he didn't do anything specifically to me, but I now know the history. So much more than I did, you know. Well, you know, what, you know what your emotions and are going to so, go through when you go there, and you don't need to subject yeah. yourself to that. And yeah. there's there's also more also more people that I don't necessarily want to see, and for other reasons. Correct. So I, said, <laughs> I think I've made that decision. <laughs> I yeah. think so too. You don't need to subject yourself but, to that. Um, you know, you need to right. enjoy the beautiful spaces in Colorado and take a nice long view, inhale that fresh air 
Stand up, put your shoulders back, and smile. You know? Yes. And Colorado is, is a lot better place to be, to lift your emotions than Washington State. <laughs> I would I would think so. Are you, are you in a uh, I live there for years. You, you're in an area. Well, it, it's a big enough area that you can go to an area if you don't have it right outside your window like yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I've got it. We actually live kind of in the foothills. And, You've got a beautiful um, view, too, then. So it's cool. I mean, yeah. You're not so looking at a street light and a, and a neon sign, you know? That's no. Good. <laughs> no, and we're not right on top of each other. We're, you know, our house is we're built in the 70s, and so we've got lots of yard and yeah. and everything, which I'm going to be moving. elbow room. Anyway, and you but. have dogs also, yeah. right? No, no dogs. No, I have <laughs> grand dogs. <laughs> oh, grand visit. doggies. Yeah, I have grand dogs, and I have grand horses. I have horses, two grand horses. So, and those are my favorite. I love to just go to my daughter's house. She's about an hour and a half away. Um, And I was staying with her for a little while last year when she was having her baby. But, And I just love to be in the presence of horses. And I don't know if you heard heard me talking about it at all, but that was the other way that I feel like I have found helped me in therapy is I found Mm -hmm. this. Um, equine therapy. Oh, that's nice. That I've done. I haven't done it for a few months though, because she um, was taking a break, you know, for the holidays and all that. But hopefully, she's going to get a group together again, and I can go back because that's that. It's the first thing that I found that I really feel like I'm connecting because I don't always feel like I connect with people. So I think that connecting yeah. with the horses and well, knowing, you know, I mean, what. Yeah. That's what it is with community, too, is connection. And I think that if you yeah. connect with horses, it's even less stressful than people. That's why I'm not going to these oh, yeah. organizations, you know. I agree. Well, yeah. Even the therapist, I mean, I love her, and I she's done a really good job, but there have been things that she says that have made me realize that she is not necessarily all the way trauma-informed either. And so yeah, I, I have to I, also I be aware. She retired, and I told you, and I haven't been able to find another one. I spoke with one lady, and she was clueless, and I just didn't want to go. I tried to ask questions, and right. meh, uh-uh. Yeah, it's hard. And when they tell you, you know, well, you've got to take some responsibility, you know, there's something like that. You're like, well, no, I mean, that's not why I'm here. <laughs> I'm not here to take that responsibility. It's not mine to take. Like you said, it's not ours to take. And, and in certain areas, maybe there are areas, because I know I'm not perfect. Of course and, um, not. So there are areas that I can as take As far as not being able to validate the pain that's, you know, real. Yeah. My my girl was yeah. just my girl. My, yeah. She wasn't a girl. Like, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's been wonderful. It is now 927. Yeah. Probably time for you to hit the final button there. And I thank well, you so thank much you, for Captain. letting me ramble on. <laughs> well, I enjoyed our, our talk, and I think that we did, you know, have some good nuggets of information within it. So thank you for being on with me tonight. I appreciate it. And thanks, Philip, too, if you're listening, for being on. We always enjoy having Philip on, too. So come, and come prayers, back anytime, Kathy. Prayers, yeah, prayers, prayers for, for Bill. Prayers for Bill, yes. He's going to get all better, and we'll we'll get him back on soon. But continue to keep the prayers coming in. 
Good night so now. Have a great night. Thank you, Kathy. Good night, everyone. Thank you for being on. And as we like to say, if you um, see something, please say something. There's enough adult eyes and ears out in the world to protect all children from child sexual or child abuse, period. So if you see something, please say something. Good night, everyone. Another tomorrow, cause that's gonna